0: Hey, Real Talkers, Ken Zeigen and his family are holding out hope that his mother, Vivian Silver, is still alive. The longtime peace activist is believed to be among those taken hostage from a kibbutz near the Gaza Strip back on October 7th. In this episode of Real Talk, Ken tells us about Vivian's lifelong commitment to campaigning for peace in the region and what he thinks she'd say about what's happening right now.
1: This is a relay project. Real Talk starts right now. Here's Ryan Jesperson.
0: Thanks for joining us on this episode of Real Talk. Coming up in just uh, one minute, Charles Adler, Emmy Award winning talk radio legend in Canada. We're going to get into some federal polling numbers. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, the warning from both The Prime Minister, a Liberal, obviously, and the leader of Canada's official opposition, a Conservative, both telling Alberta that the best move is to stay in the Canada pension plan. Will that dissuade Alberta Premier Danielle Smith and her supporters from moving forward toward a referendum, asking the province, asking those that are currently in the CPP if they'd like to pull out those funds and go at it on their own. Uh, Coming up in about 25 minutes, we're going to Connect with hen Zeigen. Uh, he and his family, uh, as you can imagine, more anxious than I could possibly find the words to describe as their mother, Vivian Silver. A longtime peace activist uh, remains missing, feared kidnapped or worse from her kibbutz uh, back on October 7th. That interview will be coming up live from Israel In just a moment. This episode of Real Talk is presented by our friends at Rello, who have a pretty specific message for you right now. And that is that if you're dreaming about starting a new career, if you're dreaming about being your own boss, running a thriving business, leaving cubicle life behind, if you want all that plus unlimited earning potential, a career in real estate could be your perfect match. You can get started today by enrolling with Rello. Rello is Alberta's top real estate school, and they want to support you every step of the way from studying for your exam to getting your license. And then beyond, plus with Rello, you can study 100% online on your own schedule. So it's guaranteed to be a perfect fit. And right now, a great deal available for Real Talkers. You can save 20% off any Rello course with the code REALTALK. All one word, that's REALTALK at rello, R-E-L-L-O, rello.ca. Charles Adler, longtime talk radio legend and, of course, recipient of the RTDNA Lifetime Achievement Award, joins us every Monday right here on the show. Uh, no different this week. Chuck, welcome back. Good to see your face. How was your weekend?
2: Weekend was uh, was not bad, but uh, of course, we're uh, all following the uh, very very serious news events. So, uh, not not bad uh, not bad considering. I guess is the best. Most accurate, most honest response in a real talk I can I can give you.
0: Yeah, and uh, this is something obviously that everybody's following. You're talking you're talking about the uh, the the war uh, that's being waged uh, yeah. between Israel and Hamas. The death toll unimaginable. Uh, the civilian casualties unimaginable. Has anything changed in your perspective on this since the last time we spoke a week ago?
2: Well, the only thing that has changed in my perspective is I am uh, beyond disappointed. Uh, with how many uh, people are in the streets uh, around the world and including some of our cities in Canada. uh, I have no trouble, I've never had any trouble, as I've told you, with uh, the idea of the two-nation state and people supporting Palestinian rights, and every Palestinian is equal uh, to every uh, Israeli. In my mind, uh, human rights are human rights. It doesn't matter uh, what country we're talking about. Human rights, in my opinion, will always transcend borders, but... The, much of the rhetoric coming out of the demonstrations isn't about uh, human rights at all. Much of it is uh, is Jew hatred, and I have to call it that. And this isn't a discussion of if you're anti-Zionist, are you anti-Semitic? I've never believed that. Uh, but this isn't about anti-Zionism. I mean, it's, it's out and out uh, hatred in, in many cases against uh, the Jewish population in Israel and around the world. And that's got to be concerning to all of us.
0: Yeah, uh, Matt Gurney, uh, a former colleague of ours, uh, talk radio host had had shared a, a tweet over the weekend if people want to check out the uh, account it's anti-semitism ca on Twitter um, shows a protest uh, that was happening in Toronto uh, back on October 21st, over the weekend, a swarm outside of Café Landwehr. I don't know if you're familiar with that café, Charles, uh, but but demands to boycott what they were describing as a Zionist café. Protesters posting photos, targeting staff working at the café. Um, and Gurney's take on this was was basically like politicians need to be paying attention to what's happening here. Um, in his words, politicians have been warned. He says because something could and potentially will happen in Canada, and you don't want anybody to be able to say, "Well, it's too late. We weren't paying attention." He's trying to put it on their radar.
2: Uh, I want to dispense with this uh, notion of uh, right wing and, and left wing. I'm not doing a Pierre Poly F silly uh, apple munching uh, video here when when I say that, but. Uh, there is uh, so much confusion about uh, what's right and, and what's left. Um, hatred is hatred. If, you, if, you, if you're hating on, on Muslims, uh, you're hating on gay people, you're, you're hating on Jews, uh, you're hating. And whether you're technically part of a left-wing group or a right-wing group, it's absolutely relevant to me. So I'm never going to sit here and say that all people who call themselves progressives are, are involved in anti-Semitism. That's uh, absurd, that's, that's ridiculous, and that's wrong but I am saying that some people who have embedded themselves in the so-called progressive movement are very much into anti-Semitism, and that's bad for progressives. But just speaking as a, as a homer, as a Canadian, it's bad for Canada.
0: Yeah. I think that the average person right now is 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 also torn up uh, to see what's happening in Gaza in particular, um, and, and the numbers yeah. are horrific. The number of children, I mean, the number of people killed, but the number of children killed, um, you know, per sources from Gaza is, is closing in on 2000. Uh, I saw, I saw a, a perspective check over the weekend that was that there have been more children killed in Gaza by Israeli uh, Israeli missile strikes uh, in, the, in the last two weeks, uh, more deaths than there were in the last 20 years. Uh, in Gaza and the West Bank combined. And, um, I mean, the fact that we're even dropping statistics, like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm acting like I'm talking to you about, you know, yeah, these are, Monday yeah, Night these Football. are these aren't numbers. Right, uh, these are people, Brian, these, these are, are humans. These aren't
2: numbers. These aren't, these aren't numbers. These are real people. And this is why it's so sad uh, for me to watch this, as it is for, for many people. And I think I mentioned to you the last time I was on that uh, what I found intellectually uh, most difficult about the October 7th A massacre in Israel. I knew bloody well that there was no way that the Israeli population would tolerate uh, Hamas on their border. And if they don't tolerate Hamas on their border, the only way to get Hamas out is to do what the Israelis are doing. And in doing that, uh, they uh, create um, the deaths of of innocent, real people, including children, in Gaza. So you know, it's just that—that's why. I said to you last week, it's very, very hard for me to believe that Hamas really cares about their own people in terms of the Palestinian people, because Hamas knows that when they do something like what they did on October 7th, it will trigger uh, a response from Israel. And uh, uh, at least as many innocent civilians will die in Gaza as died in Israel and likely a lot more Uh, playing games with, with numbers. Uh, doesn't mean anything. Uh, these are these are real people, and uh, uh, they're disappearing uh, by the day. And uh, the idea that uh, that Hamas, which is an organization that's now trying to foment hatred against Jewish people, not just in Israel as I mentioned, but around the world. The idea that they care deeply about human rights, or the idea that they care deeply about Palestinians, is ridiculous. But all of this has to move away from you know just an intellectual uh, argument. This has got to involve nations. Uh, the serious countries in the world have got to sit together and figure out who needs to run Gaza. Because if 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 the world is okay with the idea of Hamas running Gaza, we're going to have these. Serious obliterations of human beings, over and over and over again.
0: I mean, you mentioned progressive politicians. I see it more uh, probably coming out of the NDP in Canada, provincially and federally, than any other party. But they're not—they're not on an island and calling for a ceasefire and and demanding that, yeah. that Justin Trudeau, that Joe Biden, and, and others with serious influence. Uh, demand that exactly that uh, in that region do you think that a ceasefire is a a realistic thing or the appropriate thing for western nations to call for I mean what would you do
2: I I I would have wanted a ceasefire before October 7th Uh, you know if I if I could honestly believe that the the parties could abide by by a ceasefire but I just don't know how that works I mean if, if I put it in terms of Alberta, if a terrorist organization operating out of Washington State or Montana were to come into Alberta and uh, destroy thousands of civilians, including children, babies, um, in various villages and towns in in southern Alberta, you know, if they came into, I don't know, Cardston, if they came into Lethbridge, if they came into, you name the the town in southern Alberta, and did what uh, Hamas did in southern Israel, uh, would Albertans be prepared uh, to offer a ceasefire within a couple of weeks, when, after all, Albertans would have every right to go after the terrorist organization in, in Washington state. For some people who say that's, that's not a good example, it's apples and oranges, it's not, because human beings are human beings. And as I said, human rights transcends borders, and the, uh, the, the right to defend yourself against that kind of attack is, is one that exists everywhere. And I think that people in Alberta, if they look at it that way, would probably agree that telling them to hold their fire, uh, to holster their weapons uh, when they haven't come even close to, to doing the job of of eliminating the terrorist group, I think Albertans would say that that's that's idealistic or it's 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 a fantasy. Uh, and I, you know, if I, if I put it in terms of 9/11, which for some of us is our most recent horrible experience of terror, and after all, what happened in Israel is in terms of the numbers, 15, if you compare the population of Israel to the United States, they experienced, the Israelis experienced 15 9 Can you imagine telling the Americans two weeks after 9-11 uh, that you shouldn't go after Al-Qaeda in a military way, uh, that you should rest your guns, um, you should stop your ships, you should stop the airplanes, you should stop everything. You should have a ceasefire after only two weeks. I think the Amer- Americans would have either gotten angry about uh, the idea or laughed at you. So the, the the term ceasefire, it sounds wonderful. I'd love to have a ceasefire, but I just can't imagine it uh, being realistic.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I, I just, this is just like, this isn't uh, uh, something where there's any sort of like clean answer, where there's a tidy answer, like Jesperson and Adler, you know, figured it all out in four minutes on Monday's episode of Real Talk. It's not going to happen. No, you know? But you talk no. about like eliminating Hamas and, and, and like, You know, the the realistic perspective that a lot of people have as well is that what what this looks like. I mean, I've seen some aerial footage of Gaza right now, and it's you can't even wrap your mind around it. And you you get the sense that, like, Palestinians are going to be eliminated, that the entire area, the entire region is just going to be wiped. And um, it's just uh, I don't have the words for it. It's it's gut wrenching. It's horrific. Um, A child is a child is a child civilians are civilians seniors or seniors and uh, and I don't have a solution um, one of the reasons why we have you on every single week is we just talk we come on and we wrestle with yeah. things and we, and, we, and we give the audience a chance to chime in and and every time you're on it prompts emails from people and and I know that there's not a cleaner tidy, uh sort of conclusion that we'll reach today but i just i every time i turn on the news every time i check my social media apps this is right at the top uh as it should be obviously um and i just uh it's uh i mean it's it's plainly horrific it's just what it is it's horrific
2: ryan let me uh one of the reasons i treasure uh my relationship with you whether it's off the air on the air broadcast podcast it doesn't matter is I know that you hear my heart. You hear my heart all the time. So please listen to my heart right now. There is nothing more difficult for my heart than to appear to justify what's going on in Gaza right now. The the idea of justifying or rationalizing the killing of innocent people is something that tears my heart to pieces. I wish my heart had a brain. And I wish that brain could figure out how to go after the people who are threatening Israel without harming the Palestinian people. I wish my heart and my mind could be connected in such a way as to figure that out. And if you can help me with that, or anybody listening to this podcast can help me with that, I'd really appreciate the help. The heart is
0: hurting. I have no doubt that people will be in touch, and and I have a stack of emails. As a matter of fact, the the second half of of, of Tuesday's episode this week and of Wednesday's episode this week, unless something changes, we're dedicating just to getting into our mailbag, to reading these messages. I I had somewhat of a, uh, I don't know the right word to use, a bit of a bizarre interview last week with a a board member from Canadians for Justice and Peace in the Middle East, uh, Gada Sasa, which prompted a lot of feedback, and we're going to be getting to that. Um, and so I want to invite people, if what Charles is saying is resonating with you here, if you have a thought you're not hearing on the show or if you have something to, to add uh, to what you're hearing on the show, you can send us a note to talk at RyanJesperson.com or you'll find us on, on Twitter, Instagram or TikTok. You referenced that, that what's it being known as? I guess the, the apple munching interview, uh, Pierre Poliev doing a tour of British Columbia. He, he connects, he grants an interview <laughs> Uh, in an apple orchard with uh, with a journalist uh, who, by the name of Don Urquhart. Uh, and um, I, I think the video kind of speaks for itself. It was released by the Polyev team. It went viral. I mean, it received international attention. All the big publications in Britain and elsewhere are writing about it in the United States. Um, says the Polyev team in releasing the video, how do you like them apples? But it's also being described by some critics and pundits as Polyev kind of helling on himself it didn't really end up making him look that good uh, before I get your take on it Charles here, here, here's a snippet here's a portion of, of Pierre Pulliev crushing an apple uh, and maybe crushing a reporter at the same time
1: in terms of your sort of strategy currently you're obviously taking the populist uh, pathway um, what does that mean <laughs> well a- appealing appealing to people's uh, more emotional levels I would guess um, I mean what certainly you mean certainly you Give certainly you tap certainly you tap uh, very strong ideological language quite frequently like what uh, left wing you know this and that right wing they you know, I mean it's that that type I almost of ideological never talk about, I never really talk about left but or right anyways a lot of people don't pe- really believe in that okay a lot of people would, would say that you're simply taking a page out of the Donald Trump uh, book.
2: Like which people would say that?
1: Well, I'm sure a great many Canadians, but... Like who? <laughs> I don't know who, but... Well, you're uh, the one um, who asked the question, so yeah. oh, you must know somebody. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm sure there's some out there, but anyways, the, the point of this it. the point of this question is, I mean, why should, why should Canadians trust you with their vote, given
0: Common sense, okay. common sense for for a change. We're going to make common sense common in this country. We don't have any common sense in the current government. Your thoughts? Well, uh,
2: you know, a, a wise person once uh, told me, uh, you know, many many years ago. Uh, Charles, you're a very gifted human being, but uh, um, you have also been given the gift that all of us have of of cruelty. And when you punch below your weight, when you take on someone who doesn't belong in the ring with you, and you humiliate them, uh, there's no honor in that, and that's not the person that I want to work with. And so I would say the same to you: if you ever treat anyone on your podcast the way the person who wants to be prime minister treated that person in the apple orchard in the Okanagan, if you were to ever treat anyone like that uh, publicly. I would have no interest in joining you Mondays, Tuesdays, or or any day.
0: It's uh, obviously a clip or an interaction that his team or that he himself, Mr. Polyev, felt was was worthy of promoting to to the point where they cite yeah. Goodwill Hunting, one of the most famous lines out of any movie. Uh, it, it's 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 had millions of views around the world. Obviously, it's this isn't something that leaked. Uh, This isn't something that the news outlet put out. This was them. uh, Proud of it. What does that tell you about? I mean, first of all, first of all. Can we say uh, you say, you know, he's punching below his weight. The guy, the reporter didn't belong in the ring. There's there's a really interesting piece in the Globe and Mail for subscribers. They can check it out. Shannon Proudfoot did a really great job, uh, an opinion piece over the weekend, getting to the core of Pierre Polyev's biting Apple interview. And uh, and she she gets into Don Urquhart, the reporters, the journalist corner. Uh, he, he she asked for an interview with him to pick his brain after the fact. Um, he said he wasn't interested in it, um, you know, whether whether he was just un. You know, unaccustomed to or uncomfortable with the national attention. Maybe he was a little bit embarrassed. I don't know what it was. Uh, but she basically says, "Listen, this is a guy that that is this journalist is like overworked in BC's interior." She said, "Since that happened, he's filed nine other stories, including restaurant reviews, arts reviews. I mean, this is the state of especially small town journalism these days. This guy's just doing what he can. Uh, gets to the apple orchard, probably has five to ten minutes with with the leader of the official opposition. He wants to go in there and ask some questions. Uh, I didn't." think that any of his questions were unfair. I mean, I think for, for Pierre Poliev to say, I don't talk about left and right. I don't believe in that. I mean, that's comical. Uh, there's a thousand examples of Pierre Poliev in the House of Commons talking about socialists and left wing. And, 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 you know, I mean, the questions were fair. Uh, I understand why he might not like them. I understand why he may not like to be accused of taking a a page out of Donald Trump's playbook. But there was nothing egregious uh, that that journalist put in front of him. He should have been able to answer the questions. But instead, I mean, quite frankly, he decided to be a prick. And then his team decided that they were going to promote him being a prick uh, because obviously they see benefit in that. They see that this is a win and they see that they can gain more wins from it. So what does that tell you, bigger picture, about the direction this is all going?
2: The, the, the bigger picture is that the, uh, the people who are most devoted to Pierre Polyev want him to be that. I mean, it's, it's not exactly a secret in Ottawa or Calgary or anywhere else that uh, Pierre Polyev uh, has spent a lot of time in. But, uh, he's a prick. He's always, he's always been that. That's, that's that's nothing new. In this particular interview, he reveals himself that way. I mean, I don't know. They spent millions of dollars trying to promote uh, the idea that uh, Pierre Polyev was husband of the year, dad of the year, human being of the year, you know, those... Those soft uh, commercials uh, that were being narrated by by his wife. I mean, uh, I don't know what the point of that is. If you're also going to put out this kind of message, and people are, you know, they can they can decide which guy is the real guy. But you know, based on my own experience, and based on the experience of everyone I know, nothing to do with right or left, just professionals. This is the real guy, and I guess they think, and maybe they're right. And if they're right, I'm I'm, I'm sad that that millions of Canadians want to hire a prick uh, to be their prime minister. They, maybe, they, maybe millions of Canadians believe that, you know, that that kind of person uh, will will do a better job for them. I mean, I, I've never, you know, I, both of us have worked for, for people who, who fit that mold. And I, I don't think either of us ever want to work for them again. Both of us have worked with people who fit that mold and we don't want to work with them. All it is is negative energy. Um, it's, it's, uncons- it's not constructive, put aside the morality and ethics of it, it pricks are a pain in the ass. I, I don't want to be around them. I don't want to work with them. I don't want to talk to them, whether, you know, they're in an apple orchard or anyone else or anyone else. I mean, it, what is it about that interview that you saw with Pierre Paulia that would make you want to have a serious conversation with them?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that one of the things, I mean, and, and Ryan's in our live chat right now. He says, Pierre is going to be the next PM, and you lefties are going to have to learn to deal with it. Uh, Pierre Polyev it. could be and, and probably will be the next PM. But two years away is a long ways away, yeah. but but it's also not. Uh, and polling's wild. We'll talk to Philippe Fournier tomorrow on Tuesday's Real Talk about the polling numbers and what that all means. But if, but, but if you were turned on by or impressed by that interview, it's probably because you like to see somebody – that, that's not that would rather bully than be bullied. You like to see somebody that's assertive and quick witted, has a sharp tongue. Can eviscerate uh, a line of question they don't like or at least masterfully dodge it? I mean, these are you know, I mean, it, it that is a page from the Trump playbook. I mean, like, you know, you've, you've got to be a pretty skilled debater to beat Donald Trump in a debate. Nobody denies that. Um, the question is, you know, what do yeah. you value more, that sharp tongue or empathy or what? And, and ultimately, that's why we hold elections, because people will be able to have their say on what they want to see in their prime minister.
2: If, if, if Canadians think that uh, having a good human being um, is, 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 a, is a problem for Canada, that Canada doesn't deserve a, a good human being or, or shouldn't have one, uh, that if Canada needs that kind of guy, uh, to, to be prime minister, Canadians can decide. I mean, at the moment, the polls indicate the, that, that that's that's what they're looking for. You know, and maybe they, they think a, a guy like that can, you know, bring down interest rates and, uh, you know, make the cost of food and housing cheaper. I mean, to me, that that's that's, that's preposterous. And if someone wants to respond to my conclusion is preposterous, someone wants to say, well, oh, trucks, trucks a lefty, Ryan's a lefty. I mean, that, that, that's garbage talk. Mm-hmm. That, that is Trump talk. That is populist talk. Just reduce everything, minimize everything that, that matters to to nothing but slogans. Right, left. I mean, this isn't this isn't a right left conversation. This is about do you want a decent person in the prime minister's office or do you want that 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 uh, apple munching prick? Once yeah. again, Canadians can make up their minds. If that if that represents Canada, then they don't Canada.
0: G- sure. Jim's watching right now on YouTube. He says, can you imagine Poliev talking to President Biden? Um, I will say this. N- nobody talking like that to the President of the United States, regardless of who the President of the United States is. I guarantee that. Cam's listening right now on in the that. Mixler audio app. Yeah. Let me just read this. Uh, the Mixler live streaming audio app presented by California Closets. Cam says, I'll take a prime minister who's a prick over a prime minister who's a pussy. So that's Cam's take on it. That's what he's looking for in the next election. Those are the options he's got. Hey, Chuck, we're going to run out of time here, and i got to ask you one. One more question uh what? before we go we're, we're going to be going True. live to, to live to tel aviv here in just a second uh Pierre poliev and justin trudeau have both uh to varying degrees of of uh of conviction uh warned alberta uh, to stay in the canada pension plan uh to not pursue plans for an alberta Pension plan. How significant? I mean, it's not surprising that the the Liberal Prime Minister tells the Conservative Premier it's a bad idea. Uh, It's not a surprise that the Prime Minister and Alberta's Premier disagree on something. But how significant is it that Polyev's come into the mix now? The two major parties in Canada, at least for now, uh, federally, both saying it's a bad idea, Alberta, don't do it.
2: I think uh, Polyev and and many other people realize this isn't about uh, the Canada pension plan. This is about uh, sovereignty for Alberta. This is about separatism. This is about getting people used to the idea of uh, referendums uh, on Canada versus Alberta, uh, staying in Canada versus uh, sovereignty. And uh, Pierre Polyev does not want to make uh, the most colossal mistake of his political life, appearing to be an enabler of an Alberta separatist movement. I think that uh, Pierre Polyev knows uh, rob anderson and he knows uh mr parker and he knows uh various people around uh, daniel smith and he knows daniel smith and uh so um he 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 sniffs um you know a sovereignty rat here and i think uh on this one i got to give pierre Polia the high marks top marks uh, that was the that that's that's the smartest position he could possibly take on this
0: You can catch Charles Adler, the first episode of every week right here on Real Talk. You can subscribe to his podcast, The Charles Adler Show. And, of course, you can follow him on Twitter at Charles Adler. It's nice to see you. Thanks, pal. Thank you, Ryan. Appreciate you got it. Uh, Han Zaygin is going to be joining us in in just a moment uh, from uh, his home in uh, Tel Aviv. I wanted to let you know that this conversation is presented by Real Talk sponsors, like our friends at Grand Dog Essentials, quality raw food. We've been feeding our dogs Grand Dog Essentials for a number of years. Well, before we were in business with this family-owned company, why? Because we have seen return on that investment. We've seen the health benefits for. Our aging pup, Moses, bless him. Mo's in tough right now, but he's fighting. And Monroe, our beautiful four-year-old black lab. They have different food from Grand Dog Essentials because they have different nutritional needs. They have different health considerations. Grand Dog right now through the month of October is offering their chicken veggie raw dog food at $16 off a box. Just use the discount code October 2023 at granddog.ca. Check out the Shop Now link as well for their Four Leaf Rover bundles. These are curated bundles, supplements for whatever your dog needs. Joint support, allergy support, senior support, healthy skin, immunity support, you name it, there's a four-leaf rover bundle for you. Don't forget, you can take 10% off your first order from Grand Dog with the promo code Talk, and they'll deliver right to your door in Calgary, Edmonton, and Central Alberta. Our friends at the Fairmont Jasper Park Lodge want to say thank you to first responders in Canada and that's why right now for a limited time they're offering a first responders appreciation rate. They want first responders to take a well-deserved break and that's why they're offering a special room rate exclusively for first responders this fall and winter. If you book before October 31st for stays between now and April of 2024, you'll find rates starting from $199 a night. They're going to take 20% off your dining, 25% off spa services, and 20% off sun dog tour experiences, including transportation to Jasper and those amazing wildlife tours. You can learn more by checking out the link in the show notes for this episode on YouTube and on the podcast, or contact the Fairmont Jasper Park Lodge directly and ask about their first responders appreciation rate. And a shout-out to our friends at Complete Care Restoration. They're the ones that we tasked with building this studio where we do the show every single day. You know, this is a 110-year-old warehouse, and so not all the lines are straight. Not all the pipes were perfectly working. We needed them to troubleshoot some leaks and to figure a couple of things out. And the way that they did it, the end result was absolutely masterful. Everybody knows Complete Care Restoration for helping Albertans get back on their feet. Fire damage, flood damage. damage, mold, asbestos, you name it, but they're also experts in construction and renovation. If you have a project coming up, maybe converting office space into residential space, heck, maybe you're just getting your basement developed, consider Complete Care Restoration. We give them two thumbs up. You'll find them online at completecarerestoration.ca. Of course, eyes of the world on the Middle East, in particular Israel and Gaza right now as fighting continues. The latest round, uh, of course, prompted by a terror attack waged on Israel by Hamas back on October 7th, where approximately 200 hostages were taken and are believed to be held in Gaza right now. That includes longtime peace activist Vivian Silver. Whose family has not heard from her since that fateful day. Her son, Ken Zeiger, joins us live from Tel Aviv. Ken, thank you so much for making time for us. Uh, Thank you for joining us. I would imagine this is obviously uh, a very difficult thing for you to talk about. How are you and your family holding up right now?
3: Um, We are trying to remain hopeful Um, since we have had no contact, no information. Um, about what happened to to our mom. Um, We we remain hopeful that she is held alive uh, in Gaza. All we know is that her phone was geolocated in Gaza, and we have no other uh, information uh, except
0: for that. Uh, as I understand it, your mom was was able to send uh, some messages. I'm not sure if they were directly to you, but to people close to, in her inner circle as the kibbutz uh, where she was living was under attack. Can you tell us what messages she was able to get out and, and what you know from that brief exchange? Uh,
3: I was in touch with her and um, my brother was in touch with her, uh, including... Apparently, many others that we were not aware of at the time. Um, she managed. We we um, were in touch with her until the point where she uh, disappeared around eleven a.m. Um, we were able to understand that she is hearing gunfire outside her 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 home uh, and shouting, and at some point she. Told us that someone is entering her house, um, at which point all we could say was um, convey a message of love, tell her that we love her and and hope for the best. And th- at that point, uh, she, she uh, fell out of contact. I was at the time in uh, Connecticut uh, where I live with my family.
0: I see. And you're in Tel Aviv right now. Is that because of uh, your, your mother going missing? You're over there trying to assist in efforts to, to get her back or to make contact?
3: Yes. Um, I, I came to Israel to be with my brother and his family to show up for my community, uh, in, uh, of Kibbutz Berry, where I was born. I wasn't born there, but I was raised there from a very young age. Um, um, The community was devastated. We are going from, um, we're visiting funerals and we're visiting Shiva calls. um, And and we are trying to be active as much as we can to raise awareness and to call for the release of uh, the hostages.
0: Your mom, uh, my understanding is that a few days before she went missing, she was, she was participating uh, in Jerusalem with thousands of other women, uh, both Palestinian and Israeli women, uh, at an event called The Mother's Call. Uh, can you tell us about that? Can you tell us about your mom's perspective and, and, and her advocacy over several decades uh, when it comes to peace?
3: Yes, my my mom uh, in recent years uh, since her retirement was very active uh, in a group called Women Wage Peace. Um, Their goal was to um, continue to push for peaceful agreements, diplomatic solutions to uh, the Palestinian-Israeli conflict um, in collaboration with Israeli and Palestinian women um, uh, but before that, uh, she was, um, a longtime advocate for, uh, peace and, and, um, and uh, understanding between, uh, the two nations.
0: This has been something. I mean, this has been your mother's life work, essentially, right? She was, she was she was born in, if I understand correctly, born and raised in Winnipeg, and then moved. Yes. Uh, moved on to a Kibbutz, moved to Israel before you and your brother Yonatan were born. Is that correct? And 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 basically, her her entire life has been committed, uh, to trying to foster uh, peaceful coexistence.
3: Yes, my my mom was a lifetime uh, fighter and advocate for. Uh, Social justice, uh, women's rights, and um, equality between um, Jewish and Arabs within Israel and a peaceful solution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict.
0: If your mom was able to advise uh, world leaders right now, what do you think your mom would be saying? What do you think your mom is thinking right now?
3: I, I believe she would say that um, vengeance is not a strategy. Um, more destruction will not bring a uh, solution to, to this bloody conflict. Um, of course, um, since she has been involved in this attack, I mean she, she has been the victim of this attack it is very hard for me to imagine um what her perspective would be uh if she were released today um but i believe she will she would um be persistent with with that message um do you, has anything about your
0: perspective, I mean, obviously, uh, you're in the midst of an unimaginable circumstance right now. Uh, this is a horrific circumstance, to be sure. How has your perspective changed, uh, big picture or zoomed in uh, over the past few weeks?
3: You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm devastated by what happened. I'm, I'm talking to my friends uh who are on the kibbutz and i hear about the the trauma they have experienced and the horrific stories um current numbers indicate that about um tenth of the community has been uh killed um um so at the moment I, i'm uh really focused on whatever could, uh, guarantee my mom's safety and her safe return and focused on, um, giving support to my friends and community. Um, but, uh, I, I believe that this attack has set back any possible progress, um, decades set back decades. So I really am, am at the moment confused, and, and it's hard for me to see a way out of this.
0: Hmm. I was reading about some of the work that your mom has done over the years, and obviously I would imagine they could write several volumes of it, but how she would regularly travel into Gaza uh, to, to, to provide rides uh, for Palestinians that required, for example, you know, medical appointments or, or the medical support uh, in Jerusalem. This was something that, that just one of the ways uh, that she was giving of herself. Uh, I saw somebody else quoted uh, that said, if there's anybody uh, while being held captive uh, that could organize a meeting, that could coordinate negotiations between Hamas and their captives, it would be Vivian. Can you give us some insight? In, into your mom's service and, and what drove that and, and maybe how she may be at this point able to provide some comfort, some direction, some momentum. What is it that sets her apart?
3: Um, my mom was a small woman. Um, she could be very vulnerable uh, and very fragile, but she was also um Fierce. She has a very big spirit, um, and she, um, she is truly able to overcome any personal um, uh, grief and and um, and strive to to try and see the the bigger picture. Um, I truly hope that if she is there, she is in in a condition where she is able to keep her spirits up and, and truly advocate for the people being held with her. My mom um, did not believe that the Hamas uh, represent the Palestinian people. She believed that uh, through personal encounters um, of Israelis and Palestinians, we can garner understanding. Um, she believed that... Um, Palestinian citizens were uninvolved should not take the brunt of of um of uh of the Hamas policies and the Israeli policies and they should be ha- helped in any way possible that's why she would uh, volunteer to drive um I, I I can correct you a little she did not drive into the Gaza Strip but she would meet um uh Palestinians uh, that were needed treatment and um, uh, received permits to get treatments in Israeli hospitals, she would meet them at the border and, and would drive them uh, to, to get treatment.
0: Hmm. Uh, no one listening to this or watching this will be able to truly understand what uh, the emotions uh, that, that you and your family are, are experiencing, uh, the challenges that you're navigating right now, but is there anything that we can do? Is there anything that that you would like uh, fellow Canadians to do? Those that are watching this from the United States, international audience, what is your what is your message to the public right now?
3: Um, my message to uh, mainly to the Canadian audience uh, is that although my mom left left Canada when she was young and and moved to Israel. Uh, um, she, in many ways, embodies a lot of Canadian values. Uh, she really stood for um, for for peace. She stood for uh, multicultural understanding. Uh, she she stood for tolerance. Um, and we don't want her story to to disappear. We want to keep her story alive. Um, and we want. Um, to keep remembering all the um, the, the people held captive, uh, we want to call for their release um, by any diplomatic agreement that is possible that would um, maintain their their safety and well-being.
0: Ken, I I, I can just tell you, and and I I hope that it is of some comfort that our live-tuning audience uh, right now uh, is sending, obviously, uh, their thoughts and well-wishes to you and your family right now. I'll pick one at random. Leslie says... Uh, your mom, Ken, seems like an amazing, incredible humanitarian, and, and we're hoping that she is alive and safe. And I think it's fair to say that, lastly, that audience member speaks for thousands of people um, amid very difficult circumstances. We appreciate you making yourself available today, and obviously we are hoping for the most positive outcome possible. Thank you. That's Ken Zeigen, uh, his mom, uh, Vivian Silver. Uh, missing since october 7th believed to be uh, held captive by hamas you can send us your thoughts to talk at ryanjesperson.com if you can find the words i don't know what you say in a circumstance like this uh, obviously horrific um, i appreciate the community that gathers i know that that most of you you know you know like 98% of our audience hears or watches this show later uh, but those that tune in live listening on mixler or watching on youtube You you can see them interacting with one another and sharing their thoughts and kind of like talking it out in a way, which is the whole point of a show like this. Um, And I I appreciate, you know, Tracy just says, this is heartbreaking. You know, I mean, other others of you just just praying or wishing for a positive outcome, saying that you can't possibly understand this. Ryan says that guy's mom is a hero, uh, truly. What an incredible legacy, even to mm-hmm. here where she was. I mean, in Jerusalem, a few days, obviously nobody knew this was coming. No. Um, a few days before the fact, marching uh, her and, and many, many others, uh, Israeli and Palestinian women marching together. Mm-hmm. Um, campaigning for peace, trying to influence peace yeah. uh, in the region.
4: Going through some of those pictures today, preparing for the interview, it was just it, seeing so many heartbreaking, yeah. devastating photos. Those were great to look at, but at the same time, it's sad yeah. because of what happened, what is happening now. And I, I agree with, I agree with your with your guest there. It's it's I I can't find the words at number two. It, there's a lot of hopelessness right now. There's a lot of, how is this ever going to be? I don't want to use the word fixed because I don't think it'll ever be fixed, but how do we come to some sort of reasonable outcome here? It's just, yeah. it's
0: it's very bleak. Yeah, it is. Um, and we'll continue to have these conversations. We'll continue to, Uh, Reach out to voices that we think will add something to that conversation. And and that includes you as well. Uh, We encourage you to be in touch with the show if you have something that you'd like to share. Again, on Tuesday and Wednesday of this week, we're talking to you on Monday right now. This is, uh, uh, it's hard hard to believe we're already almost through October. It's October 23rd if you're listening to this on this day. So the 24th and the 25th, we'll be getting into our mailbag. Uh, We've received more emails in the last two weeks than we have in a long time. Um, That says something to us. uh, That says that it's potentially more important now than ever before for you to have a platform to be able to share your thoughts and we encourage you to do exactly that. These conversations happen uh, with the support of uh, Real Talk partners like our friends at Eden Landscaping. Whatever your vision, they will execute it with precise attention to detail. They they offer full service landscaping from excavation all the way through to the finished project. The majority of your landscaping will be handled by their team, but they also have strong relationship with skilled trades for any additional construction Construction needs, which means there's nothing that they cannot do. We're seeing the first little bit of snow in our neck of the woods this week. Uh, of course, that has some implications on landscapers like the team at Eden. But that doesn't mean that they just hang up their boots and take the next number of months off they're going to be working on planning they're going to be getting ready drawing up 300 i mean these basically 360 degree full circle pictures the vision of what your yard could look like is how they spend their winter so they can be shovels in ground in the spring if you're dreaming about maybe edible garden boxes uh, maybe you want to get some excavation work done maybe you have some stone work in mind and maybe a new patio hardscape Maybe you desperately need a new retaining wall in your property. It could be a brand new home, could be a heritage home, whatever it is. Eden Landscaping has seen it all, and they'd love to work with you. You can get that conversation started today. Get the ball rolling on your design. Maybe a new outdoor kitchen by visiting landscapeedmonton.ca. Speaking of kitchens, our friends at Freeze and Brothers want to remind you that their next 15% off day is coming up in about a week and a half, the first of every month. It's 15% off at Friesen Brothers. Plus, they offer a seniors discount day at 10% off. You can get the details there at Friesen.com. Friesen Brothers is Alberta-grown and Alberta-owned. Have been for coming up on 70 years. What does that mean? It means while you're never going to be left wanting for something, Friesen Brothers has it all. In as many circumstances as possible, they're sourcing out ingredients Grocery items, produce, proteins from as close to the store as they can. That means that greenhouse-grown Alberta fruits and veggies. It means Alberta proteins, chicken, pork, Alberta beef, and more. You're going to find it fresher at Friesen Brothers than anywhere else. Again, you'll find them online at Friesen.com. That's F-R-E-S-O-N.com. And if this time of year you're starting to think about self-improvement, maybe you're thinking that 2024 could be the year where you really kickstart a new career, you're going to want to take two seconds today to check out Athabasca University Online. It is Canada's open university with world-class accredited online programs and courses offering you the flexibility to learn at your own pace on a schedule that suits your lifestyle. Click on the Getting Started link at AthabascaU.ca to learn more about admission requirements, maybe what kind of a student you are, get some insight into what sort of a program might be a great fit, how to apply, and even financial support resources. You'll find it all online at AthabascaU.ca. This story kind of flew under the radar, Johnny, but because we've been talking about it a lot on the show, I wanted to just point it out. Everybody was wondering, are NHLers going to be wrapping their sticks with pride tape or not. Mm -hmm. Uh, As you know, Commissioner Gary Bettman said no more, no more pride tape. Uh, And, of course, that in uh, addition uh, to the no more special edition warm-up jerseys, whether it's breast cancer, uh, whether it's Black History Month, whether it's Mm -hmm. Military Night, Pride Night, or whatever else, the NHL says no thanks. I Mm -hmm. guess uh, trying to take politics, activism, (laughs) personal conviction, out of the hockey arena. Not everybody's agreed. Well, Everyone just a couple assemble of days ago. And be the same. <laughs> Everybody get in line. Uh, Travis Dermott um, awesome. of the Arizona Coyotes uh, in their game against the Anaheim Ducks uh, just a short time ago uh, was seen. And I'll zoom in on the photo here for those that are watching on YouTube. You can see there on the butt end of his stick. Uh, he does have it wrapped in pride tape. We believe that this is the first NHL player to actually defy the order of the NHL. I would dare the commissioner to find Travis Dermott. I think that that'd be a real tough look, but Travis Dermott, uh, unless I'm missing a news story, we'll go down in history as the first national hockey league player to wrap his stick with pride tape, following the announcement from the commissioner that that was to happen. Well, I think he's no also, more.
4: also the first in a, in a regular season official game mm-hmm. yeah to do it outside mm-hmm. of warm-up warm-up so that's yeah.
0: incredible yeah Yeah, good stuff that's awesome um, I'll be curious to see if more players do it me too uh, and and maybe find different ways to express their support or to show their support mm-hmm. for, for uh, you know diversity and for inclusion in the sport of hockey it, it's 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 that time we've talked about hockey's black eyes mm-hmm. uh, and it's been uh, obviously for hockey fans uh, you know kind of like a, a call to the card moment mm-hmm. over the past while I think that you know some of the uh, the allegations around sexual assault uh, involving Team Canada's world Junior teams uh, we've obviously seen uh, you know I mean guilty pleas from a couple of players uh, that are awaiting sentencing that's supposed to be happening I think tomorrow by the mm-hmm. way and that's a story we'll keep an eye on the Chicago Blackhawks Kyle Beach scandal and oh, and, and many other scenarios yeah. where people have been asking the sport of hockey to do more to be better and, uh, this is a small win and this may, is a positive positive.
4: and maybe just maybe some other players see this and go, Hey, you know, yeah. and, and it sucks that they need to see the first courageous person, but there has to be, yeah. you know, I was hoping to see on Saturday with the Oilers. I was like, a lot of those guys are really outspoken with the LGBTQ community. And I, you know, I was a little let down. I was like, ah, even in warmups, I was like trying to look the same way. Cause I know no one's going to wrap the end of their the stick blade. right away. Right. Yeah. They're going to start small, and and that's what Travis did here. But I was a little let down. I was like, uh, you know, they're so outspoken on the others about this. There's no one doing it. But, hey, it takes someone to, to kick
0: the door down. Yeah, I thought this comment was great from Justin who said, good, good on Dermot of a few bad apples. If a few bad apples can make the league ban the tape, maybe a few good apples. Can reverse it mm-hmm. I that was A good take on that You know the first Episode of every week Our friends at Kubi Renewable Energy uh, Give us a chance To focus on a positive and, and some days It feels more important Than ever It's positive reflections Wherever we say goodbye To the negative, negativity And we harness Positive energy And this is An amazing story I love this From Real Talker Landy Who tagged us On Instagram And put this story On our radar uh, She said I think that this Might be good For positive reflections And Landy Boy do we ever agree You know that parents uh, will do anything to help their kids realize their dreams. And what an amazing story of a mom who worked 30 years as a housekeeper to fund her son's dream of becoming a pilot. Her son wanted to fly. And so she worked for 30 years at a job where really there's not a lot of glamour involved in that job. But don't tell mama. It doesn't matter to her. check this out video released just a few days ago she has no idea she's boarding a flight i'm not sure the background of where she's going but as they check her ticket you can see then the flight attendant pulls back the curtain and there's her son she didn't know that her son was going to be piloting this plane but there he is what do you call those we're in the pilot's bars he's got his pin he's got his wings basically there he is her son realizing his dream of flying his mom And telling her thanks they got the dessert cart there ready he's got a big bouquet of flowers and i just love this we'll show it one more time the curtains pulled back mama gets emotional (laughs) you can tell the pilot's heart is full as well and a nice big hug before she takes her seat Positive Reflections is presented every single Monday by our friends at KUBI Renewable Energy. If you have something that sort of inspires you, if you've seen a story, maybe you experienced it firsthand, let us know. We'd love to hear your positive reflection. You could see it featured right here on Real Talk. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll talk to Philippe Fournier from 338 Canada. His take on federal polling. The Liberals are down way down how come really what's this all about can the prime minister turn this around or is it time for change in leadership at the top coming up later this week we're going to check in with former montreal canadians great and a member of parliament as well ken dryden He's got a brand new book. We'll talk to him about that. And then coming up on Friday, the strategists will join us for a Real Talk roundtable ahead of the fall legislative session right here in our home province of Alberta. You can subscribe to our weekly email uh, by going to our website, ryanjesperson.com. Scroll to the bottom of the page. It's free and it keeps you in the loop with regards to upcoming shows and recent highlights you may have missed. Thanks for being a part of today's episode, Real Talkers. We'll see you again tomorrow. Real Talk is hosted by Ryan
1: Jesperson, Executive Producer Josh Dunford, Technical Producer John Hicks, General Manager Katie Cook Chivers, Account Coordinator Lawrence Durlego, Human Resources Lena Shepherd, Website Design Mike Johnston, VoiceOver by me, Perry Skelton. Real Talk's editorial board is Sapria Duvetti, Ahmed Ali, Brandy Moran, Anne Castleman.